Welcome into the Arrowhead Pride Post Game Show. Left side wide open, Sky Moore, touchdown! Kansas City on a pivot route. Presented by Blue Cross and Blue Shield of Kansas City and Andy's Frozen Custard. Holmes will fire it late for the end zone caught! Marquez Valdez Scantling on his backside! On your weekday home for Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid, and Mitch Holtis. Mahomes in the pocket, floats a pass near side, Kelsey over the shoulder, he's got the catch, he's got the touchdown! Kansas City! This is the official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Here's Jay Binkley. Deer producing the operation. Isaac will be here with me all year. When the Chiefs go on the road, Isaac will be here. The Chiefs get the dub today, 17-9 over Jacksonville. And it wasn't a pretty win at all. As a matter of fact, Mahomes said the uh, after the game that the defense won the game. And they did win the game. This was all about the Chiefs' defense. I mean, the offense isn't in sync yet. Too many penalties. On the offensive line, Juwan Taylor had a rough game with the false starts, the holding penalties, you name it. They were definitely calling it with his head not lined up to the center's belt line. They were looking for it, and they saw it, but he made the adjustments, and Andy Reid did a typical coach move. Pulled him out of the game and let him think about it and put him right back in there. That's what it is, the head games for the Chiefs. Chiefs are too good for this, and they will fix things and put things together. It took last year a little while to start gelling offensively. But the best thing to be thinking about is how good this defense is. Mahomes has never had a defense this good. I mean, you could go back to White House, Texas, maybe, in high school. Maybe. At Texas Tech, it was not good at all. His last year at Texas Tech, Isaac, he was 128th scoring defense out of 128 teams. There was nowhere to go. But he goes out there and completely changes things he had to score a touchdown every time he went out there that was the magic about Patrick Mahomes is that only his ability to go out there and score and you saw that in 2018 when he was starting for the Chiefs won MVP that year put up ridiculous numbers you know they lose a game when they scored 50 they lose a game when they scored 40 that was frustrating that was extremely frustrating when that defense went out on the field and you thought oh no we need Mahomes to get back on the field and you felt helpless if Mahomes was sitting over there on the bench. Well, this defense has stepped up. Two quality games to start. I know Detroit lost today to Seattle, but Detroit wins that opening game. And quite frankly, and I know it's an old sports cliche, the only team that beats the Chiefs are themselves. But they haven't had this kind of defense yet. This defense that really only gave up 14 points last week, they kept Jacksonville from scoring touchdowns today, forced them to field goals were all over Trevor Lawrence where he couldn't feel comfortable. And that was the thing. He just never felt comfortable. I think Trevor Lawrence is a better quarterback than what you saw today. I'm not rushing to snap, you know, snap judgments on Trevor Lawrence. I do feel he's already passed Justin Herbert in the hierarchy of AFC quarterbacks because, well, they played each other in the playoffs. They spotted, the Chargers spotted the Jags 27 points and Jags still won the game. Chiefs have now beaten his teammates three times. And I get it, Jacksonville went through a period there where they sucked. Well, they've been a viable team down in Duval, baby. The London Jaguars, complete with the pool, have now lost to the Chiefs three times. Twice last year, then once this year uh, for Trevor Lawrence. So, hey, Peter King picked him as the number one seed. 
The number one seed in the AFC is Jacksonville. That's how important this game was. It was a seeding game for seeding purposes. But it was the Chiefs' defense that I have felt going all the way through summer, through in the offseason, I kept saying this is a top 10 defense. This is a top 10 defense for the Chiefs. You have to look at the secondary. Spags even said it. They're getting better. They're growing. They're getting better. It was the Fab Five last year, defensive backs. Although they lost Nazi Johnson for the year coming in. It was uh, – uh, played a lot of special teams for the Chiefs last year. Played in that Super Bowl. But McDuffie, Jalen Watson, Josh Williams, Trent McDuffie, the Fed Five. You had five rookie defensive backs showing out. They were only going to get better. You, you put that hit the rookie wall behind them. And you go forward to this year when they understand what quarterbacks are doing. Because let me tell you, the quarterbacks aren't really having a great time. Josh Allen was much better today than he was last week. Three for 274 today. Joe Burrow was bad again. That's two straight weeks. The uh, Bengals, since the uh, NFL has gone through seven playoff teams in each conference instead of six, the Bengals are the only team that ever started 0-2 in, in that situation. And the Bengals are 0-2 again. So all of a sudden, you start looking at seeding and what's going on. The Chiefs beating the Jags, this is a big one. This is a big one, Isaac. This is a big one when you look at the end of the year and say, okay, head-to-head, the Chiefs beat the Jaguars. That's how big this game was for Kansas City. Yeah, you and I talked about it before uh, while we were watching the game today, and it was like, you know, Jacksonville's legit. This isn't a – you can walk down there and, and smoke them by 20, 30 points. This is a really good team, and um, you saw it today, and we talked about it several times that Evan Ingram, he he really elevates that offense, and you got Calvin Ridley there and Christian Kirk. Jacksonville's offense is really good. Their defense was also impressive. They, uh, they got to Mahomes a little bit today. They covered just fine, but – um, Jacksonville is a legit threat down the stretch. So, um, for sure, that, that it, was a big one. It's a good football team because they have a good quarterback and they've got a good head coach. It's won a Super Bowl. The bottom line, he is in Trevor Lawrence and the sending quarterback. But, you, but you know, let's look around the league. As I mentioned, Joe Burrow, he's now one in seven in his first two games of the season. You got to start good. The Chiefs now 14 and three in Mahomes' career after losses. So, to, to put that one behind you and come back and win, but 14 and three. After that, the last time this team was 0-2 was 2014. And, you know, since the merger, what, 9.6% of teams uh, since the 1970 merger start 0-2, don't make the postseason. Obviously, things have changed, and the extra playoff team in each division. But bottom line is, they still haven't played 100% on offense, not even close to it. This team is still incomplete when it comes to that. But he faced the Detroit Lions. You face the Jacksonville Jaguars, which is Jacksonville game is more important than Detroit because it's an AFC team, and all of a sudden you start thinking about seeds. I mean, you look at the Jets. The Jets are down 18-7 to to the Dallas Cowboys. Can the Jets take an L today with uh, Zach quarterbacking them? No Aaron Rodgers. Joe Burrow's now 0-2. The Buffalo Bills look shaky at times. So if you're worried about where the Chiefs fit in the hierarchy, the AFC, the AFC's struggling, man. All those powers to be. The one team that's not, it should be a team to look out for, Baltimore. Baltimore is a legit football team that's put its ownership stamp as Lamar Jackson now 3-1 and one against Burrow. But this defense travels. And I keep hearing this, this notion of, well, Patrick Mahomes has never played a road playoff game. Well, who cares? Play the Chiefs on Mars. Play them on the moon. Play them in the CVS parking lot. I think Reed mentioned CVS parking lot the other day, saying we'll play anywhere. We're talking about grass fields or, or turf fields. Play them anywhere. It, as long as you have that quarterback, 
And then I go, Chiefs fans are everywhere. They, they were, I mean, Mahomes is like raising his arms up to get the crowd going. That's how many Chiefs fans ended up in Jacksonville. Chiefs kingdoms everywhere. They'll find a way uh, to get in the games. So as long as you have the quarterback, the coach, that's fine. But when you have a defense, I wish the running game, which did step up there in the second half, wasn't really there in the first half. Pacheco ended up with 70 yards and that nice 31-yard run as well. Mahomes added 30 yards uh, rushing as the Chiefs ran 22 times for 101 yards. But that defense showed up. Chris Jones was noticeable. Chris Jones putting pressure at the beginning on Trevor Lawrence to the fact where Carl Loftus and Mike Dana split a sack. Yeah, that Chris Jones, who originally was credited for two sacks, but then it was scaled back to one and a half, and they gave Felix the other half. So I'm sure Chris Jones is uh, okay with sharing that, although uh, he does have incentives. But that pressure they were putting on the quarterback, Chris Jones is noticeable. He's going to draw double teams. Teams are going to be looking out for Chris Jones and where he is. Again, I think he's that guy for other quarterbacks who walk to the line, like Trevor Lawrence today, and say, all right, where's 95? Is he playing inside or is he on the outside? Where is 95? And you saw the pressure, the making Trevor Lawrence feel uncomfortable. And I know it's a cliche. Hey, you make any quarterback feel uncomfortable, they're not going to have a good game. Go back with Tom Brady's few playoff losses or Peyton Manning's playoff losses. It's when the defense was getting in their head. It's when the defense kept hitting them. And last year, the Chiefs were number two in the National Football League in quarterback hits. I don't know if they're going to finish second in the NFL in sacks like they were last year at 55. I think they'll finish in the top 10. I, I think scoring defenses will be a, a, a team that's in the top five. And you have to think about scoring defense. They've been in the top 10 three out of the last five years, believe it or not. Last year, they were 16th, took a step back. But total defense, they were 11th in yards against. But having this defense makes you feel comfortable. It makes you feel comfortable that Patrick Mahomes doesn't have to go out and save the world every play. While they get this whole deal worked out, and Mahomes connected with 11 receivers again today, did that in back-to-back -back weeks. You're still waiting for someone to step up. Kadarius Tony was one of those guys they went to earlier on offense who was, who was doing the job. Then he had that, that fumble, which you never want to see. Richie James had that sun in his eyes on that return. And he fumbled for the ninth time in the last 59 games, and that's a concern. When he was out on offense, didn't make the catch when he had the opportunity, and I thought Richie James would be a bigger part of this offense, but Sky Moore found his way to get open as Mahomes just scrambles around, buys time, and does things that he does. That 54-yard catch enabled Sky Moore to end up with 70 yards receiving on the day. Justin Watson has been a reliable guy for Patrick Mahomes. Three catches, 62 yards. Noah Gray, three for 38. Very good uh, yards after catch uh, type of guy is Noah Gray. But I do feel that uh, Andy reads a little bit like that uh, baseball manager we talked about last week. The fact that don't ask the manager, you know, two weeks into the season who a sixth, seventh, and eighth inning guy are. You probably already know you're closer because they'll figure it out. Someone will want the ball. Someone will want the challenge. Someone will want that challenge each and every week. And they'll step up because right now it's still undecided. Who the top receiver is going to be for the Chiefs, it's still undecided. You say, well, MVS is because he's got the experience. Well, two catches, 13 yards. But you need to create that separation. Because it appears that Mahomes is going to get that separation with the offensive line. As long as Juwan Taylor lines up in the right place, <laughs> that's the key for it. But defensively, you couldn't be happier about the Kansas City Chiefs. They were exceptional today. Now it's time to hear from you at 913-586-7610. Same as our J Southland Toe Service text line, 913-586-7610. We call this the no huddle.
Let's go no huddle. Tony will take it low at the 35. Now cuts back to the right. He's got a wall set. If he can get to the edge, they can need to block the putter. They do. Tony's at the 40, up the sideline. At the 30, he's at the 20. Tony with the block trying to stay in play. He's down to the five-yard line. Taking your calls now at 913-586-7610. That's right. What do you feel about this Kansas City Chiefs game today? Are you as excited about the Chiefs defense as I am? Because I do feel that this is a defense that can travel. All right, let's go to the phone lines now. Let's go to Ty in Sedalia, I do believe. Ty, you there? Yeah, I'm here. What's going on, Ty? What's going on? You know, this was a pretty good defensive game today. You know, it's very good to have Chris Jones back and you know, that defensive line, it's really looking scary. There was Felix Fanny, D.K. Uzama, George Karlotis, Chris Jones, and Mike Dana. That defensive line is really looking scary now. Wide, wide receivers, they looked a bit better today. Sky, Sky Moore, I feel like, will become that 6th, 7th, and 8th inning guy. I hope. I mean, it's the yeah. plan. He's got to be. It's, it's yeah. not a question of if. It's when. Yeah. And then one final thing is, I, I – here, heard you earlier talking about running the ball. You know, I do wish that they ran a lot more running the ball in that first half. I know they were talking about it on the TV broadcast. They were saying that, man, are they gonna, when are they going to run the ball? When are they going to run the ball? And I, I was just waiting there for him to run the ball. Well, running the football, and thanks for the call, takes the pressure off. And again, I think that this offense is a running back's dream come true. You're never going to see an eight-man front when Patrick Mahomes is the quarterback. You're not going to see it. You're not going to have the pressure you should be able to run the ball. And I love the energy that Isaiah Pacheco runs with. We did see a third and one where they had to throw the football. It'd be nice to see the Chiefs just line up and get that first down to push forward and get that first down and not worry about it. Take the pressure off Patrick Mahomes. And again, that Mahomes, a, a nice, cool 29 of 41 for 305 yards, two touchdowns. Throwing to anybody in the world that he could tell guys step up. And you want to see guys step up. You want to see that confidence. Sky Moore got into the end zone today. Got his first touchdown in the Super Bowl last year. These are the things you want to see, but this get get this offense gelling. I go back to 2019, the first six weeks of the season, they had six different leading receivers until Kelsey and uh, Tyreek Hill kind of took over. But last year, if you watch the quarterback series on Netflix, it took a while to kind of gel what those wide receivers were doing. But honestly, this win was big because it was Jacksonville. And I know Jacksonville didn't look that great today. But this team, with their division, because they play the NFC South, they play in their division, which I jury's still out of their division at this point, but the schedule is favorable. And the Chiefs got their one noon game out of the way. <laughs> they don't play at noon. They either play in the afternoon or primetime. It's insane when you look at the schedule. But playing Jacksonville on the road, getting the Chiefs beat them twice last year, once in the postseason, eight straight times now, as they have complete ownership over Duval County in the uh, London Jaguars. Uh, the Chiefs get the 17-9 win because they made Trevor Lawrence feel uncomfortable in this defense. Really stood up. Let's go to Big T and Shawnee. What's up, Big T? Hey, 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 how you doing, Bing? Thanks for taking my call, man. How you doing, buddy? You hanging in there? We're doing good, man. Another season, another uh, expectations of the Kansas City Chiefs. I think they hold themselves at the highest expectation level, but I think his fans do, too. I hear you, man. Well, we're 1-1, one and one, and you're right, Bink. I'm with you on the defense. We got that road win, and until the offense kind of figures it out, uh, you saw Big Chris Jones, what he does. I mean, Carlos had a nice game. Uh, Bolton, uh, Watson had a nice stick on that guy. Bink. That was a great tackle. And then Duffy, McDuffie, 
And, you know, our defense is, is it's nice to see that because the week before against Detroit, that was our third scoring offense in the league thing. And uh, they held them 14 points because uh, that one one play was a t- uh, an interception for the defense for Detroit. But I'm with you on the deep bank. If we could take the pressure and, and alleviate some of that, this is going to uh, be a kick-ass and take names uh, kind of team. We're headed in the right direction. I'm not worried. We'll get the offense figured out. You saw Sky Moore. I like that he was involved today and he, he stepped up. Uh, a couple other guys, Noah Gray and Saul Kelsey out there. So let's get that offense rolling. I want to see them run the ball a little bit more too. Uh, Pacheco did have the 70 yards, so that was nice to see. But I'm worried about our bookends, Bink. Uh, that one guy, Donovan Smith, had a penalty uh, holding today, especially our right tackle. Very, very, very bad game by them guys. But let's pick it up. Uh, we'll, we'll keep it rolling. And as always, let's go Chiefs. Well, it is concerning. Juwan Taylor, it was uh, <laughs> it was a bad game for Juwan with the holding penalties, with the false starts. It wasn't what you wanted to see. Jacksonville did. Chiefs were third fewest sacks given up in the NFL last year. They did give up a sack today to Jacksonville. But, you know, you look back at last week, they gave up none. So they play. at times when look out of sync, and yes, it does matter the quarterback can scramble around, but the Chiefs have just given up one sack now in eight quarters. And defensively, Steve Spagnuolo doesn't get the credit he deserves. Took a defense where everybody was concerned about what's going to be the pass rush for the Chiefs. Finished second in the NFL in, with uh, 55 sacks. Found a way to get to the quarterback, blitzing everybody, anybody and everybody to go. And this defense, at this point, looks salty. If this defense can go out and win games for the Kansas City Chiefs, all the better. Because now you get Patrick Mahomes out there a little bit more. Let's go to Steve in Kansas City. Good afternoon, Steve. Hey, Bink, uh, you know, just imagine how great this team would be if a receiver could catch the ball. You know, I mean, kudos to the defense, but we're trying to turn trash into treasure and junk. You know, the Giants wouldn't have traded these guys. My my main focus of attention is on the the two refugees from the, from the Giants. Um, I applaud the Chiefs fans for booing them out of the stadium when they were dropping balls, but we need to keep the heat on these guys and if we're going to make it to win another Super Bowl, we've got to have them raise their game. The Giants wouldn't have traded them unless there was something wrong with these guys. So we got to fix them and coach them up and put the heat put the heat on these dudes. Well, I don't know, Steve. I don't know if the Giants know what the hell they're doing. I really don't. Well, that team is terrible. It's, it's obvious by the first two games that these guys have problems. It's obvious that they cannot – you know whether it's focus, whether it's you, you catch the foot. You have the greatest quarterback in the world. You need to catch a football, and I don't care what you're doing. I mean, just concentrate or or do it, or you're going to be gone. I mean, we have eleven sure. different receivers. We can get rid of these guys. We're not married to any to any of these dudes. Don't, don't you Steve, think? Steve, were you worried about? Yeah, I was. I was worried about the receivers, and I have been. It's why I was on the DeAndre Hopkins bandwagon because. I mean, it's not the greatest Saints in the world. I am worried a little bit about what's left in the tank, but it gives you a number one receiver. You don't have to worry about that. He comes in, there's your number one receiver. And then it was just who else is going to step up? Who else is going to step up? That's fine. A quarterback like Mahomes can't elevate talent. There's no question about that. Ask Albert Wilson, who got all that cash from that game against the Broncos, and we've never heard from him again because of what Mahomes can do. But it is okay to have good receivers. Now, they spent the second-round pick the last two years. 
Personally, I go wide receiver in the first round because I load up Patrick Mahomes and weapons. But, yeah, I want to see somebody step up. But I I have my concerns about the receiving core. I, I think you put a lot of pressure on the quarterback. I think a lot of pressure is put on the quarterback in certain situations. And that's what we're going to get. You're waiting for someone to step up. Now, Justin Watson's been that, you know, that true pro. He's got a couple Super Bowl rings, but can he be your every down, you know, number one wide receiver? Sky Moore, maybe. Valdez Scantlin at this point, you're, you're one. I guess Kadarius Tony, but, I mean, they're still working on, you know, getting him acclimated with the game. He's got to hold on the football more because everything looked good with Kadarius Tony until the uh, egregious fumble uh, that he had that could have turned out really costly for the Kansas City Chiefs. But again, credit this defense. Credit this defense for holding. This is a game where even Mahomes gave credit to what this defense did at, at the end of the game. Uh, the Chiefs, once again, deferred uh, to the second half. But again, it's about what can this defense do because you're going to be facing some good quarterbacks. Now, we thought that Aaron Rodgers would be in the mix, and clearly that's not going to be in the mix. But, you know, Josh Allen's later in the season. Joe Burrow, that's off to a really rough start as the Bengals continue uh, to bury themselves uh, before the season starts. How long can you uh, get out of that hole? He aggravated his calf again. Maybe Baltimore's that team. We should be looking at more and putting a little bit more respect on that name. They won't see Baltimore until the postseason. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I don't. Th- I think they will see Baltimore in the postseason. You and I both are uh, are pretty high on the Ravens this year. And you look at what Lamar Jackson can do. Um, with the least, you know, he's got uh, Odell Beckham. We'll see what his injury turns out to be. He's out. J.K. Dobbins is out for the season again. Um, but Lamar Jackson has done a great job. Credit to yeah, J.K. Jim. Dobbins was hurt on natural grass. Yeah, he natural grass. on natural grass. Yeah, that's natural right. grass. Yeah, that's they right. They said it doesn't only get hurt on turf. Well, it was natural grass. That's the only place you can get injuries yeah. is, the, is the turf. But yeah, uh, yeah Baltimore. Baltimore is legit. Uh, Lamar can elevate talent with the best of them. Um, definitely look for Baltimore to uh, to be a threat down the stretch. And uh, to you, is that right now through two short weeks, eight quarters of football, still a lot of football to be played here in week two? Is Baltimore uh, right now the biggest threat to you in the AFC? Well, you look at what they do, and you know they have ownership over the Bengals at this point. But you start looking around. This is where the Chiefs are. It's not in the division. We take a look at the division. The division. Uh, <laughs> It has not looked good today. Like the Raiders got hammered uh, by the Buffalo Bills. Uh, the Chargers lose again, by the way. They're 0 2 uh, to start the season. But again, I'm not worried about the AFC West. Andy Reid completely dominates the AFC West. It's ridiculous how often uh, he beats these teams. But it's these other teams. It's the Jags. It's winning a game like this for the Chiefs. It's big because this one could come down to seeding. At the end of the year, they're sitting there with 12 wins. Jags and the Chiefs. Well, Chiefs won head to head. So now the Jags have to come back to Kansas City in the postseason. These games matter, man. These games against the Jags, against the Bengals, against the Bills. I would I would have thrown the Jets in there. Uh, they're not going to play Baltimore. It's going to be more of a conference record at that point, which, again, Detroit's an NFC loss. Doesn't hurt you as bad. But I felt the Chiefs could have and should have beat the, I don't know, would have, could have, should have beat the Lions. I do. They lost by one point. But Kadarius Tony handed that game to him on a silver platter. And they get a pick six, goes back with Brian Branch doing that, the fake punt that went there. Hey, Detroit won the game. I do not think the Chiefs played crisp. I don't think they played crisp offensively today, to be honest with you. But this defense has played good. It was good enough to win week one, and it certainly 
won the game for the Chiefs today as they have the Chicago Bears now. So maybe hopefully turn things in the right direction, get the two and one. There's a lot of optimism around the Chiefs, but I don't think I could say the same thing about Bears fans and the optimism that they have for their team right now after uh, after the fourth quarter performance from Justin Fields today. Uh, did you end up watching that uh, that pick six that Fields threw? Yeah, and I'm, and I'm glad, too, that I took the uh, Bucks in two and a half in that situation because the Bears just suck. And the Chiefs will play the uh, Bears, then they're at New York uh, to play the Jets. Uh, it's, it's daunting. And then they play the Vikings, who are always kind of pesky, and then you get the Denver Broncos for the Chiefs before you start diving in to the Chargers again. It's about stacking wins because weeks 12 through 17, things change a little bit. Like today, they had more rest than the Jags because they played on that opening Thursday night. But weeks 12 through 17, and, and Warren Sharp and Sharp Football looked back at it, and he looked back 35 years, couldn't find a team that played six straight games with less rest because the Chiefs have less rest than any opponent weeks 12 through 17. Includes the Raiders twice. Again, it's the Raiders, but they do play the Chiefs close at times, especially at Arrowhead. But the Bengals and Bills are also within that stretch. Yeah, and the Chiefs have played. You mentioned it earlier. Um, I think we were, it was off air, but the Chiefs have played more games than anybody in the Mahomes era. Uh, it seems like that they've uh, they've had the least rest in the most games, which is uh, which is a good thing um, with Super Bowl Super Bowl titles and everything else. But uh, the Chiefs are going to have a grinder season for sure. And um, but the thing, yeah, like we were mentioning earlier with with Jacksonville uh, being as good as they are, I wouldn't be too quick. On Xing out some of these AFC opponents, you look at the AFC East with Buffalo, Miami. We'll see how Tua does post September. Um, see if he he could stick around and his weapons um, keep firing on all cylinders. But I mean, it's the other team with the, with that offense yeah. and with the way they look. I mean, they're, they're a scary football team. The Chiefs will play them uh, over in Germany. The Dolphins play tonight against New England Patriots. Seven twenty. The Patriots had every opportunity in the world to beat the uh, Philadelphia Eagles, uh, but weren't able to consummate. Uh, that deal. You have two games coming up on Monday night. I don't know if you're uh, ex- as excited about that, but Saints and Panthers get going at 6:15, and then you have Browns and Steelers at 7:15. So, but I'm excited about this defense. You've always kind of wondered this. It wasn't at Texas Tech. It wasn't initially with the Chiefs. It did get better at times. And last year was nice with the 55 sacks, and they had 42 sacks. They won Mahomes' first Super Bowl title. So once they get over that 40 plateau, just a much different team. This year, I like the way this defense is going and the direction. 913-586-7610. We'll hear from Josh Klingler, sideline reporter of the Chiefs, plus the editor-in-chief, ArrowheadPride.com, Pete Sweeney, all next. You're listening to the Arrowhead Pride Post Game Show. Presented by Blue Cross and Blue Shield of Kansas City and Andy's Frozen Custard. Tune in Mondays at 7.30 for our weekly conversation with Derek Johnson on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Hey, it's Kling, and just like the Chiefs, we have a stacked lineup for the football season. Our forever linebacker, Derek Johnson, returns Mondays at 7.30. Plus, my exclusive one-on-one Chiefs interviews from Sunday throughout the show. Dayton Hughes joins the show Tuesdays at 7.30 with Pete Sweeney calling in at 8.30. Nate Taylor, new to the show, drops by Thursdays at 8.25. And heading into the weekend, don't miss Mitch Holtis, Fridays at 7.30. All right here on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. And welcome back, Jay Binkley, Isaac Deer with you. The Chiefs getting 17-9 win over Jacksonville in Duval County 
Florida. Our text line, 913-586-7610, the Jay Southland Toast Service text line. Top text comes from 816. Is Herbert a loser? The next one, Herbert is Rivers 2.0. It's just Herbert stuff. As the Chargers did lose today, I don't know. I mean, what do you qualify as a loser? He did lose to Jacksonville last year in the playoffs. Uh, our next guest, Pete Sweeney, editor-in-chief of AirheadPride.com, is not a loser, but he might be able to answer. But yeah, he likes Justin Herbert, though. Pete, is Justin Herbert a loser? Plays for a losing team. They they can't seem to ever get it together, and it looks, looks like one of those years where they're going to be on the, the edge of missing the playoffs. And 0-2 hole is, is tough to, to get out of. We've now seen that with the Chargers and Bengals, two teams that – I think most of us thought would be a, a sure bet for the playoffs and vie for the top of the standings. And now they're in that, that hole, you know, like 10% of the teams that are 0-2 in, in history since the merger make the postseason. So we'll see if either of those clubs can, can get out of that. And Pete, big win for the Chiefs because of who's against. Again, you, you got to put a little uh, asterisk on the side of these games with Jacksonville and Cincy and Buffalo until things kind of shake out. But going down to Jacksonville – where do you sit with this team right now, Pete? Like, how big do you look at this team? Because I'm looking at this defense. I couldn't be more happier about a certain position, the Chiefs, in this defense, because we didn't see a defense with Mahomes at Texas Tech. He really hasn't had one. It's been inconsistent with the Chiefs and definitely didn't have it when he first started out with the Chiefs. But now we're, we're, we're two games into it, and I feel we're seeing Mahomes' best defense. Yeah, I, I think you could say that uh, about a lot of the things about about this team. You know, I, I still think that the offensive line has high hopes, hasn't been fantastic, and we saw some of that today. But I, I think it has a ceiling of one of the, the better lines that Mahomes has played with, but certainly the, the defense. And I think if you're a fan, you're a little bit worried about the offense. What I would tell you is that in this small sample size, if you'd want to see – progress and you'd want to see positives from one side of the football I think you choose defense because in the larger sample size you know each and every year of Andy Reid I mean the offense usually finishes over 16 17 games in the top five and I I feel like eventually it's going to come around and so you have had these two defensive efforts where the offense is kind of getting off to a slow start in the first game, you had a real chance to win. Probably should have won that game if you make one less mistake of the 10 to 15 mistakes they made. And then today, again, not not great on offense, but holding the Jaguars, who are a pretty good team. You know, you talk about uh, winners and losers. I still tend to think the Jaguars are going to be right there in the postseason mix, and so to hold them to nine points, I think, uh, was a fantastic effort and some, something that makes you think that this could be a, a really complete team once this offense gets rolling. So, Pete, what do you think about uh, two things here, really, when it comes to defense? Uh, the Fab Five, uh, the rookies last year were in the defensive backfield, minus Nazi Johnson being hurt. Uh, the return of Chris Jones. We didn't see Snowcone Jones up in uh, training camp this year with the Chiefs, but I felt his presence was noticed right away with the pressure that he that he got to the quarterback that uh, Mike Dana and Karloftis ended up splitting a sack on. Uh, just your feelings on the secondary and their growth and then Chris Jones uh, being back with this defense. Yeah, I think that you you really see why the Chiefs need Chris Jones. I think in the mix of this, you had some fans and, and even reporters and people that, that talk about the team saying, well, you know, this is such a distraction. Maybe they can get rid of him and go with the guys that they have. But you see what he does for 
the rest of the defensive line room, just the attention that he takes up. And even when he gets extra attention, he's still able to get on the stack sheet for a sack and a half. And in these type of games where, again, the offense isn't exactly cooking to start the season, his impact means you can win a football game while you're buying time for the offense. And, man, in his first look, and it was limited, the Chiefs said they were going to probably try to give him like a half a game or so. Um, but in this limited look, he looks like he could be that defensive player of the year candidate that he's trying to be for those incentives. And, man, to get a player like that back and, and in a way just to have him ultra-motivated because of the way that the situation unfortunately played out, I think is going to be a huge asset for this team. And I think Kansas City's right there. I mean, once they get the offense together, which is just a matter of time, and it always is, uh, they are going to be probably the AFC favorites, and I think a lot of people will be picking them again. Pedro Mahomes, after the game, said, quote, the defense won that game. And people all the time, Pete, say it. I'm sure you've heard it a million times with all the interviews you do at various places around the country, uh, that Mahomes hasn't played a road playoff game. It's like, well, things just fall in their laps, like Buffalo collapsing. That's why the game was at Arrowhead Stadium. Yeah, sometimes they've gone out and seized that one seed, and other times it's kind of been handed to them to some extent. I don't think it matters. Because, again, this team is 16-0 and on the road in the division, and there's enough Chiefs kingdom all over this country. It doesn't matter where they play, but as long as you have the coach, as long as you have the quarterback, and as long as, well, you have a defense, it doesn't matter where they play. And I don't feel any different today. No, and it wasn't the prettiest win, but it, again, is a win against a playoff team from last year. Yep. And I know that, you know, there's all, all these things about fantasy football, and I'm sure if you had – Chiefs on your team today. Maybe you're not so so thrilled unless your name is Sky Moore or, or Travis Kelsey. But I, I just think they're happy to to get by with the win, and and that's the biggest difference I think between week one and week two. As far as the level of play, it was kind of the same for both weeks. But man, you feel a lot better if you're able to get that win because now you feel like you're buying time to to get right. And I think Mahomes kind of nailed that when in this press conference. Just just the idea of look, we didn't play our best game, and we want we win. And so it just it changes changes the whole story, the whole narrative when you go into a week when you're actually able to pull off the victory. Let's look at the offense uh, for a minute, Pete. Uh, obviously, Travis Kelsey back today. And again, you think, okay, he kind of has a Chris Jones effect uh, by drawing attention, and it should make other players around him better. I look back at 19, or six weeks into the season, they had a different receiver, six straight games. And I think, okay, they're still out of sync at times. And Mahomes needs to find the guys he can rely on. Andy Reid needs to find the guys he can rely on. It's And I've compared it to a baseball manager that, hey, don't ask him two weeks in the season. Wait till about a month or a month and a half till he figures out a sixth, seventh, and eighth inning because guys will seize those jobs. I feel that that's the way with these wide receivers. Like just when you say, okay, MVS is going to be that guy to seize it, Sky Moore comes out and has a 54-yard catch. I just feel that this wide receiver group is still up in the air as far as who's going to be the most reliable. Yeah, I think they're still figuring it out. And I think that there's a chance that it just might rotate throughout the year. Okay. Uh, I, I think ideally you would like to find three top guys, but maybe that room isn't built that way. Uh, we know that Justin Watson continues to be this guy who's reliable for Kansas City. And I know – some people were unhappy that he was even going to make the team, but you just see how beneficial he is and just knows the whole playbook and can go in there, kind of a lunch pail type of guy that is just going to go do his job, and you see the importance of somebody like him uh, today. But I, I I think you're right. I, I think ideally the Chiefs would find the top three receivers, but until 
uh, those players really emerge. Uh, I think they're okay winning with different guys every week. Uh, I, I know I just talked about <laughs> fantasy football, but it's not even not right. always going to be beautiful fantasy football wise. But I, I think if you can get the win, that's all these guys care about. AP, before we talk about the offensive line, uh, what would you think of Kadarius Tony today? Obviously, the guy's got mad skills. I mean, <laughs> you make guys. You rarely see that kind of talent at times with Tony, but then he's also got the drops like last week and this week with the fumble. Um, it looked like a concentrated effort to get him into the game right away. I mean, these guys breaking us over right at the beginning of the game, but it certainly seemed to me that they wanted to get Kadarius Tony some confidence right away. Yeah, I just think he's ultra talented, but A, he makes these, these mistakes and uh, I, you know, I, I think in a go-to guy, uh, you'd like to see, I think, a little bit more of the, that maturity after the game and, and not getting on social media and whatnot. Not that it matters as long as you're able to play well, but sometimes I, I feel like he gets into his own head, and then it's the injury factor. Like, we'll see about this foot now, but Andy Reid mentions, mentions him that he, he hurt himself toward the middle of the game, and, and you know, I imagine that's going to mean that he'll at least be limited next week as they work on him, but I just don't know if you can trust that particular player as your number one wide receiver, which before they, he suffered that meniscus injury uh, heading uh, into, you know, what would have been the preseason, uh, they were calling him, you know, their number one guy. And I, I don't know if that's necessarily in the card. That was just like, again, just tremendously talented, but uh, is he trustworthy with that role? That is more than just what, you know, what you saw with McCole Hartman. I think he can be a great gadget an orchestrated touch type of guy, but I, I'm just having a hard time buying this old number one receiver thing. I, I think there are some other better candidates that are going to be more reliable for you on the Chiefs. Andy Reid ties Tom Landry today with 270 uh, combined wins postseason and regular season. It's unbelievable. But what about this offensive line, Pete? It is an offensive line that's given up one sack now on the season. Um, Juwan Taylor. Certainly had a rough game, as, as rough as you've seen a right tackle. They gave him $80 million. The false starts, teams are starting to watch that now, how he lines up. We started to see it uh, develop, and hope. And the good news is it didn't bring back like a 50-yard touchdown when he did it. We saw the holding penalties. You see the false starts. Um, it was not a good game. We saw him benched in this game, which is really weird, but it's a good game by Andy Reid that says, okay, come over here, cool down a bit. We'll get you back in there. He was playing his former team. I'm sure he was amped up a bit. But just your feelings on the offensive line uh, to this point, because even Tooney didn't look crisp at times. Yeah, I I think that you saw a little bit better run blocking in the second half where Isaiah Pacheco was able to break loose. I, I think that helps the entire offense. Uh, I think the line is going through some of that identity stuff that you see each and every year. I feel like there are always offensive linemen changing on the Chiefs. A little bit alarming from Taylor today, but that's where Andy Reid comes in and he takes him out of the game, gets him a breather, and he liked what he saw the, the rest of the way. And so I, I think it's still early for Taylor. And, uh, yeah, they took him out for a handful of plays, but for Segoanogo in, this is a big-ticket player, right? You sign him to a four-year contract, $80 million contract, $60 million guaranteed. They're not going to just have a short leash on that type of guy, but I think it just was a breather thing. And now, you know, you'll see – uh, the Chiefs continue to go to him and see if he can kind of settle in there. Nothing to worry about right now, uh, but you sure wouldn't like to see these problems persist with your big-ticket uh, free agency signing. Yeah, no question about that. And, Pete, 
Uh, when you think about this football team, you think about the hierarchy of the AFC, you know, I like to talk about those things with you. Is it fair to keep the Bengals as one of the teams to beat? Or should we maybe start looking at Baltimore? I don't think you can keep the Bengals right now, right? It's so early here, but uh, they are staring now at a at a potential 0-3 type of hole. And, you know, how could you even consider that team a threat? And, you know, they're, they're going up against the Rams next week. Rams look pretty good. They look like they're kind of back to that potential Super Bowl form. So I just don't know how if the Bengals turn up 0-3 after week three that you are con- considering them one of the contenders. It's really tough to have the staying power to be a contender in the NFL, and I, I think you're seeing a little bit of that of that this year. Uh, you know, it, it, it's not an easy thing. So I, I think we do in Kansas City take it a little bit for granted because the Chiefs are always playing this championship style of football but we'll have to see on on the Bengals uh, you don't want to go 0-2 it's too late for that and now you got a really good Rams team it looks like suddenly a revamped Rams team facing you in week three as you're staring down 0-3 and it, you know if you fall to 0-3 I, I think you really start to wonder if the Bengals can do enough this year to make the playoffs yeah, and so yeah uh, in, you know someone has to win the division and I think you focus more on the Baltimore Ravens that's another team down year last year but seemed to be uh, putting some some good football together already this year. And it's one thing, the Chiefs, we look at this team, and it's unbelievable what they've done. Five straight trips to the AFC title game, all at home. Uh, I think the fans have expectations for this team. But, man, it sure shows at times that they have expectations for themselves. You know, they, they understand where they're at. They understand they're going to get everybody's best shot. Uh, there is some frustration level at different times with this football team. But maybe today was one of those days to kind of breathe deeply and look around because they are going to get everybody's best shot, but they, you can really see that they hold themselves to a different standard than we've seen in the past. Yeah. I mean, they, they understand that if you don't win the Super Bowl in this city with this quarterback, with this head coach, you have failed. That's where I, I think Kansas city ends. You know, I, I started covering the Alex Smith days back in 14. Everyone was just trying to win a playoff game and have consistent playoff football. I mean, it's just, a, it's a different standard now. Uh, the Chiefs could go to a Super Bowl, and if they didn't win it, that would be a failed year, right? So it's just a different brand of, of football, and I think the players themselves realize that, and they realize right now they're not playing Super Bowl championship football. And so while you're happy that you get the win, it's tough to win in the NFL, and I'm sure you'll celebrate that on the plane ride back and, and get back to business tomorrow, they, they realize, like, you know, we have to get back to that. Of course, there's a lot of time, and so you start – uh, doing that by looking forward to next week and, and playing a, a Chicago team who you should take care of. So let's see if they're able to do that at Arrowhead City. Great stuff, Pete. Uh, look forward to seeing ArrowheadPride.com's coverage of the week that was. Um, when's that newsletter come out? That newsletter you just started that tomorrow comes out? Yep. Usually after uh, every game, it'll be okay. either in your inbox later this evening or uh you know, we could, could show up to your inbox tomorrow. Again, if you wanted to check that out, we have free trials available. Uh, com. It's at the, the top of the website. Uh, and uh, if you end up liking it, you can pay per month or, you know, you can go for the whole full year, the annual subscription. Um, just an, a little bit extra for you diehards that want some more uh, chief stuff at com. It's great information because nobody covers this team better than you, Pete. You're all over the place. You've been all over the place. You've watched every second of training camp. You're always out there. So if people want to hear from the best, there's nobody better than Pete Sweeney. All right, Jay. Thank you very much. I uh, I appreciate that, and I'll smell you. Okay. Put the uh, check in the mail. All right, Pete? That's what I'm talking about. Did you hear what he said?
Get used to this, Isaac. I didn't dump it fast enough. He said, I smell you. He like to say, I smell you later. Mm. Yeah. Uh, He's still number two on Pete Sweeney power rankings behind his father, Pete okay. Sweeney. Oh, uh, old Pops has him? Yeah, I put okay. him ahead of uh, – sure. he's a he's sure. a New York – he lives in New York. And he likes the Giants and Brian Dable. And I was like, Brian Dable might be the worst head coach I've ever seen. And people loved him last year. There is no worse coordinator I've ever seen that worked for the Chiefs than Brian Dable, the <laughs> offensive coordinator in 2013. Remember, they didn't have a lead nine games into the season. They were being compared to the 1927 Buffalo Bison. That Brian Dable. That Brian Dable? Oh. Are they still getting hammered by the Cardinals? It uh, looked like earlier that the They were down 20 Giants, nothing to the Cardinals. I think the Giants put up a touchdown right before half. I think it was 20-7. to seven. It's 28-14 now, so 15 minutes left. in the fourth quarter just starting. 28-14, worst team in the world, Cardinals. Over the Giants, who finally scored because they didn't score at all in week one. It was 14 to nothing. So we'll see if the giant, the G-men can come back in this one. Must be something about paying your quarterback that they uh, start coming back uh, to earth a little bit. But, again, Joe Burrow just got paid. He just got the bag. But, again, he's 1-7 and seven in the start of the season in his career. That's not good. They were 0-2 last year to start. They broke that trend of teams making the postseason starting 0-2. They're starting 0-2 again this year. He got paid. The Bengals don't typically pay players. They paid him. He got the bag. And you know what? He's not living up to it. And, again, this is what I always say. The Chiefs paid Mahomes, but yet they kept winning. They kept going to AMC title games. They kept going to the Super Bowl. They got another Super Bowl championship because they paid the quarterback. If you pay the quarterback, win. And we'll find out from Philly what they're going to do. We're, we're starting to see what that Chargers and Justin Herbert once you pay him the bag. They're 0-2. The combined Herbert Burrow experiment is 0-4 between those quarterbacks that just got the bag. Again, pay your quarterback, then be good. Baltimore, so far so good with Lamar Jackson. Our phone number, 913-586-7610. Same as the J. Southland Toast Service text line, 913-586-7610. A text line that does not like Justin Herbert to this point. Let's go to Double J in KC. What's up, Double J? Pink, what's going on, man? How you doing? Hey, what's up going on, Double J? Happy Sunday. Hey, happy Sunday to you. Uh, good win today. Can now we bounce back after that tough loss against Detroit. It was good to see our offense go down, score a couple of touchdowns today. And uh, Sky Moore touched some good balls. Kelsey, great to see him back. And, hey, how about Chris Stone Cold Jones? Man, he had a game today. Made some. Are people are people are people are people wanting to forgive him now, in Double J? Because last week I had that question and on the text line and phone calls. We got oh, we didn't miss yeah, him. I, they had a great defensive performance, and I kept reminding people it's one game. That's one uh, game. You're going to need him for the long haul. Absolutely, I forgave him, and uh, uh, yeah, because he he's one of the best defensive players in the NFL. So yeah, is Chris always forgiven? Way to go, and way to go, Chiefs. Uh, thanks for taking this call. Go, Chiefs. And also, shout-out to the Kansas Jayhawks. And uh, get a win for the Missouri Tigers this weekend, too. All right. Yeah, we, Appreciate it, and yeah. uh, we'll talk to you later. Double J, we, we don't shout-out the Jayhawks on this show. Missouri's fine. It was a nice win. They had over Kansas State. Great win. 61-yard field goal by Harrison Mevis. Great win. I'm kidding. You can shout-out whoever you want. Uh, but just, he's calling from Missouri. Come on, man. Yeah, you you got to leave the leave the Jayhawks. We're trying to celebrate. 
I'm a K-State fan. You're a Mizzou fan. It's We're, a good weekend. You know, a, look yeah. at Missouri. They're undefeated. Jayhawks are undefeated. Kansas State's got the 1L, but it came at the hands of Missouri. Your Chiefs, they're one and one. Nice little win in Jacksonville today over a team that uh, could be a one or two seed in the AFC. Things are good once again in Kansas City. But here's the thing. It took forever, didn't it? Since that Thursday night game. It's not like baseball when you can go out after a stinker and play again. Like a narrow defeat and your closer, you know, cost you the game. You can't go out the next day and get it done, right? You got to sit there and wait it out and wait it out. Uh, you're a football guy, Isaac. Is Isaac's dear is with me for every road game for the Chiefs. You're a football guy. When you look at this team, like how much pride do you think about this defense? Like, man, this is cool because hey, the offense is always going to be incredible. Mahomes is your quarterback, and Andy Reid is your head coach. But man, this defense, this is what you've always wanted to see. 100%. Not at the expense of the offense playing poorly, but this defense is hats on the ball. They are, they're moving around like crazy. And, you know, you saw Chris Jones make that huge, I mean, huge fourth down stop sacking Trevor Lawrence. And before that, George Karloftis with his sack. You mentioned Felix Anudike Ozama getting there on the half sack with Chris Jones towards the end. The coverage was great. Um, Trevor Lawrence was definitely frustrated. You could tell. Um, especially after Chris Jones swatted that ball right in Trevor Lawrence's face. But overall, yeah, it's it's great to see Mahomes have that support. You know, last year, defense was solid. This year, I feel like they took that step forward. And um, to me, and I think to most Chiefs fans, it's like this defense is legit. I think we should definitely take him seriously. And, and, and Spags, Spags has got his guys ready. And I, I think this uh, for for. 18 weeks plus the postseason, I think this defense is going to be there for them. Yeah, I think that uh, teams are looking at this defense and they look at it differently. I would say they fast forward till the offense comes out, but actually they, you know, they of course, watch it. Uh, quarterbacks might salivate playing against the Chiefs defense in the past, especially the running game running against this defense. And not anymore. This is a different defense. This is a defense that's hands are always raised. They love swatting the ball down. You look at what they've done in the draft years ago, seven out of ten guys were on defense. This year, five out of seven guys on defense. I do think it's time to start going shopping for Mahomes, though. I do think it's time to shop for Patrick Mahomes and get him weapons. They've rebuilt the line. They've worried about the defense. you got a great young secondary. A lot of them in the second year of their contracts. And some, like McDuffie, you got the five years, uh, probably with, with Trent McDuffie, that you'll have. And Chris Jones, you're starting to see the value. And last week, people didn't like him. It was, oh, man, this defense is good with them. Like, yeah. You always need good players. And this, this week they got two players in the NFL top 100 back. Not a media poll, a poll done by players that play against them. Travis Kelsey's number five. Chris Jones is number 10. Out of all the players in the NFL, Mahomes, by the way, was one. <laughs> Andy Reid ties Tom Landry for all-time uh, wins and postseason wins, which is incredible. But to me – this is the best defense that we've seen with Patrick Mahomes in Kansas City. Not the best defense we've seen in Kansas City. I mean, we're talking Derek and Neal and all those guys are Willie Lear and that crew. No. With Mahomes, is the best defense he's had. I, I feel the secondary with this pass rush together, that combination, unmatched that we've seen with Mahomes. And once Charles Amenehu comes back, too, they're just going to get better. They're not going to take a step back. Um, you mentioned Chris Jones. You know, Last week, a small sample size, week one, first game of the season. Uh, you know, it was 
it was a great performance by the defense. But bringing Chris Jones back, who always makes that big play, that big-time play that, I mean, just shuts down shuts down an opposing team's offense. It's, it's Chris Jones. Chris Jones is always there. He makes those big-time plays, and I think with him, having him around, it's just going to make this defense much better. And you can't, you can't deny how talented he is, what, how fast he can get off blocks. Swim move is impeccable. For some reason, he's just unblockable at times. But having Chris Jones on this team is just going to make that defense that much better. But as you said, I think it is time to go do some shopping, some exploring for Mahomes, so you can just take that team to that next step. We got plenty of time to worry about that. We got plenty of time. The season just began, so let's, let's see what they can do. And as they formulate, you know, this kind of rotation they're going to do with receivers. The good news is, you know, this offense is going to play. Mahomes still throws for 300 yards, throwing anybody and everybody. He's still, he's still Patrick Mahomes. He's still going to get that. Some of these quarterbacks, look at them struggling this year. Not Mahomes. Again, you paid him, and they still win. Big, big difference from these teams that give the bag to their quarterbacks and don't go out and win. Just a major difference of philosophies on what a lot of these teams do. You know, be happy you got Mahomes because you're always going to be relevant with him as quarterback, even through years. And, they, and they've rebuilt this right in front of our eyes. So only four guys that predated Mahomes. That's it. Jones, Kelsey, the two guys they just got back for this game, and then Butker and Winchester, which they continue to do their jobs. That's all you can ask for, really. Um, but, yeah, like Chris Jones returning to the defense, Travis Kelsey, he comes back to the offense and – he looked fresh as a daisy. Well, the thing about it is, it was with Kelsey and Jones. When they come back, they make other players better around them. And Jones is like that. You know, here, he's, here comes Chris Jones. Like, for the younger players, you know, seeing Chris Jones back. It's a big difference. Watch how the guy plays. Look at what he does. Look how he raises his arm. Look how he fights off double teams. Look at how he plays. Look how he puts, puts pressure on the opposing quarterback. It's, it's a difference having him. Can, can you have good games like against Detroit? Yeah. But you need everybody, man. Feeds off the secondary, getting good with Felix coming there and getting pressure. And Carl Loftus, that I think is taking leaps and bounds for it. And credit Frank Clark. Because Frank Clark stayed with him every day after practice and training camp last year and really mentored him. Uh, Tom Bali this past offseason with the hand fighting and jiu-jitsu that Carl Loftus went through. But they're starting to do things like that. Hopefully you start to see the offense come around. But having a defense like this, you're going to be in games. And again, as I'll reiterate, Mahomes, five years starting, five AFC title games, but he's only been beat three times by more than one score in a two-point conversion. That's it. Three times in his career. That is it. One of them came in the Super Bowl to the Buccaneers. One of them to the Titans, one of them to the Bills. Other than that, they've been in every game. You're going to get the best effort from the Kansas City Chiefs. It's one thing you're always guaranteed. They're going to be in a game fighting till the end, scratching, clawing, doing whatever, whatever they can do even having turnovers like they did today, the amount of penalties that they had today. And keep this in mind, last year, uh, this year, they were 12 of uh, penalties for 94 yards. They were, what, 26th in the NFL last year in total penalties, 13th in penalty yards, so about midway through uh, teams as far as penalty yards, but 26th in penalties. And Juwan Taylor's false starts, Stuff like that you would have to think will be corrected because he got a warning shot about him when when Andy Reid benched him for a short amount of time. Yeah, 100%. It's, it was odd seeing Taylor get benched mid-drive. Um, it seemed like for the most part he cleaned it up for the most game. Yeah, he had that, that crucial penalty 
in the red zone towards the end, you know, right before or Joe Tooney had his. But um, I, Jawan Taylor's going to pick it up. I false starts, uh, legal formations, that kind of stuff gets corrected. And the offensive line, such a tight knit unit with those five guys, it, it won't. This won't be another. He'll he'll remember this game forever, and I guarantee he's going to kind of go forward with this. Instead well, Kelsey of does not like the Jaguars. That is evident. Uh, he took his, took his helmet off in frustration. You're going to get flagged for that, then a little scuffle with somebody else. I don't care about what he did at training camp. I don't care because the defense kept going and trying to pop the ball out, and some of the players got annoyed by it because the defense was always trying to do it. But here's the thing. It is going to come back and help the Chiefs at some point. This whole trying to bat the ball out, they're going to knock the ball out and get the ball back in a crucial time. All that stuff they were doing at training camp, and it was annoying the offensive players, all that stuff is for a reason. All that stuff will come back and benefit the Kansas City Chiefs at some point. Yeah, you may not want to see it, but uh, you'll see it. Yeah, no, it'll pay off. And the frustration from training camp, it's training camp. <laughs> it's hell. No it is, but they, they just have different standards, and you can tell. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's different standards with this football team, and it's always going to be that way. Uh, they have put themselves um, for that high water mark, and teams are going to shoot after them. And teams want to beat them, and beating the Kansas City Chiefs changes everything. And look at Baltimore a couple years ago. I mean, they basically wanted to go out and print T-shirts out, Super Bowls, you name it. They wanted to do that kind of stuff. And we we kind of joked about it. The, the Raiders, or no, the Chargers put out a highlight video a couple years ago when the Chiefs played their backups about We've seen the Raiders do it in losses uh, to try to motivate themselves because, you know, to beat the Kansas City Chiefs is the high water mark for a lot of different teams. Coming up next on the Arrowhead Pride Post Game Show, we'll check in with uh, Chief Sideline reporter Josh Klingler when we come back. You're listening to the Arrowhead Pride Post Game Show, presented by Blue Cross and Blue Shield of Kansas City and Andy's Frozen Custard. Tune in Mondays at 310 for our weekly conversation with Patrick Mahomes on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Look around the NFL and things are always easy. The 49ers 27-17 over the Rams. Rams uh, play the Bengals uh, next weekend. The Giants coming back against the Cardinals. That's now 28-21 as the Giants playing the worst team in the NFL. The Cardinals, the Cowboys up 24-10 on the Jets. And the AFC West, the Broncos that have lost 15 straight to the Chiefs, tied 21-21 to uh, Eric Bieniemy. And the Commanders earlier today, the uh, Chargers lost the Titans, twenty-seven to twenty-four, in overtime, and the Raiders were absolutely handled uh, by the Buffalo Bills, uh, thirty-eight to ten. Thirty-eight to ten. The uh, so the AFC West not looking great today. The Chiefs were looking great today because they had a big win over a nice team. Before we get to Kling, let's go real quick to Dan and KCK. What's up, Dan? Hey, Bink, how you doing? Yeah, what a game by the Chiefs today. I went to the Power Night District and I watched it on the big screen. Yeah, the defense did just enough to win, and the offense played pretty good, but just got to clean some things up with Kadarius Tony still cannot uh, fumble the ball like that. So, anyway, good team win. Let's take care of the Bears. Take care of yourself, Bink. I saw Josh uh, at the Royals game went to shake his hand and finally said, hello, oh, Ben's fine. Good to meet you. After nine years talking to each other, so <laughs> let's do it again sometime. <laughs> care, yeah, he told me about that, Dan. He said that uh, he got to meet Dan and Casey. CK 
Dan's always been a, a great listener to 610 Sports Radio, but uh, Dan was out there. Hey, he saw Vern probably at Craft and Draft is where he, he saw him. But time now to uh, head out to the hotline and talk to Josh Klingler. You hear him at uh, 558 every morning on Fesco in the Morning, co-host of that show. He's also the sideline reporter for the Kansas City Chiefs as he joins us after each and every Chiefs game. Those the Kansas City Chiefs get a much-needed victory down in Jacksonville and a man that was on the scene, Josh Klingler from 610 Sports Radio and the Chiefs sideline reporter. Chiefs win 17-9. This was a hard-fought game, Kling. It's tough to wrap your fingers on your total thoughts on this one. Yeah, I, I love it because it was about the defense coming up and making stops when they needed to, and they've put together now two pretty nice back-to-back weeks. Faced just about every situation I thought today, um, you know, red zone, short yardage, uh, making plays in the back of the end zone, and they just kept coming up with stop after stop after stop. And I thought the defense today was the story of this one again, as they were, I thought, last week. But even adding then Chris Jones, who, you know, steps off the bus and is still unblockable. Um, and then the play of the, the secondary, I thought just time and time again, coming up with those big plays today was the, the story. Uh, the offense can, you know, still take another <laughs> step or two, uh, not like we're used to seeing. But this is a great team win and a great defensive win uh, in a bounce-back performance against a good Jacksonville team that obviously came out with something to prove today in their home opener and a team that's looking to, to be where the Chiefs are. And you come up and you see just field goals on the board. It's pretty encouraging. Talking to Josh Klingler live in Jacksonville, Florida. And, Kling, let's talk about that defense for a minute because one of the things that I've been looking at pretty much this whole offseason – is I think this is a top 10 defense. Not only that, I think it's the best defense Mahomes has ever had. I mean, maybe when you go back to high school and look at what he did at that point, talking about Texas Tech and talking about what happened um, in Kansas City, and I feel this is a top 10 defense. I think it kind of maybe took a couple of hits when Chris Jones wasn't going to play and you're losing Omenihue for six games. But now that Jones is back, you got that experience from that secondary in the Fab Five minus Naz- Nazi Johnson. And this defense is living up to the best that Mahomes ever had. Yeah, I mean, I talked to, to Trent McDuffie after the game. He said that exact same thing. He's like, we're a top 10 defense. and I can't really argue. They're, they're rushing the passer. They're getting great linebacker play. Uh, they're getting, I think, group uh, secondary play as well. I mean, you can kind of go through that entire secondary again today and find uh, guys, you know, making individual plays. So I think that the way that they're going as a unit, and then, obviously, you add what you can add in Chris Jones. Carl Loftus is off to a nice start up front as well. Um, yeah, they're playing just really, really well defensively, and they needed to. I mean, that kept a one-point game in game one and, and certainly kept this one from being a you know late touchdown two-point conversion into being a very hairy one with an overtime scenario. Well, the way the secondary's playing and Chris Jones being back, I mean, Kling, it was noticeable. Whether the pressure he yeah. was creating, he was drawing double teams, he was pushing Trevor Lawrence, forcing him to Aaron throws. He got a sack and a half. Could have been two, but they give half that uh, to Felix. But he made a difference on the defensive line. I think you saw yeah. a different Carl Loftus because of having Chris Jones there. And I think that his presence was very noticeable for the Chiefs. And then I was watching in the fourth quarter, too. Obviously, they want to try to, you know, kind of limit his, his snaps. And I thought, okay, we'll see in the fourth quarter how he's doing. I mean, he's, he's pushing people back, double teams back into the pocket in the fourth quarter bank. I mean, the guy's motor was just unbelievable. And then obviously to come up with really key times for those plays as well, late in the game, uh, he was, he was unbelievable. He looked like mid season form. So 
Um, I don't know what the snap count's going to end up being. I'm guessing it's on the high side of what the you know predictions kind of were, but it looked like he could handle every bit of it and certainly made a massive impact to this defense. Well, the defense looks like it is ahead of the offense at this point. And again, I can't wait to see what Mahomes can do with the top 10 defense because I truly feel that with this defense. Offensively, Travis Kelsey makes an appearance for the Chiefs. And whether you want to break it down to uh, what he meant for these receivers, I do think that he draws attention and does matter. He did have a touchdown from Mahomes, four, out of four for 26 in a touchdown. But man, he really doesn't like those Jaguars, does he? He went right no, to the locker room. <laughs> yeah, and that was wisely so because there was uh, there was more John that was going on afterwards, and so yeah, I think they needed to kind of get him out of the mix. But um, he was yeah, he was frustrated kind of all day long, and I don't know if that was just you know being bottled up or the extra physical play or what have you, but certainly uh, he was a big attention of their defense to try to slow him down. Yeah, we'll see if this you know offense kind of perks up a little bit. It you know it's not the worst thing in the world to have a team led by the defense for the moment and getting. Uh, just enough offense because I think we all have confidence that this thing is going to really pick up at some point in time. But um, again, kind of, kind of some big plays when they needed them, but maybe not as many consistent drives as we're used to seeing offensively. But boy, they came up with some that knockout drive came up with a couple of big plays to kind of finish off the game. So that's certainly something you could build on. And I know that the they were pretty excited to be on the field to kind of finish that game off. Yeah, second straight games, Mahomes is connected with 11 different receivers, and it took the receivers a little while to get things going. Kadarius Toney was definitely an emphasis for the Chiefs. He did have a big fumble for Kansas City. Seemed to be just kind of sloppy play, though, Clang, from time to time. All the penalties. Juwan Taylor had a rough game for Kansas City, yeah. and we rarely see, I mean, that's an $80 million right tackle, but Andy Reid pulled him out of the game. You rarely see a tackle benched during a game, but he was. And I think that was just, hey, calm down. Let's cool off and see what you can do. But I think there was some strategy behind that. Yeah, it definitely was because he did say it wasn't, you know, heat-related or anything, which, you know, we were kind of questioning as the game was going on. But um, it was just kind of settle him down. And he had a rough game today. Again, former team uh, that was making sure they were pointing out the things that they believed was a violation, right, that weren't called the week before. And I think just kind of got in his head a little bit today. Um, if it wasn't the Jaguars, I guess he might have played a little bit better. <laughs> but facing your old team that, that kind of knew your tendencies, I think that they got after him a little bit today. It wasn't probably his best game, but, you know, one that he'll hopefully bounce back from. And, you know, the benching was quick. I mean, just a uh, play or two before they put him back in the next series. But uh, certainly there was hopefully a message that was to be uh, sent there that they got to clean some things up, certainly from a procedure standpoint offensively. Too many penalties, um, you know, to – push them out of situations or get them into long situations were um, not ideal. And that was a little bit of the case offensively today. It seems like uh, I kind of liken Andy Reid sometimes to a major league manager. That's beginning of the season. He's trying to figure out who's sixth inning guy, a seventh inning guy, eighth inning guy. You got to wait for about a month or so until it kind of, you know, shapes up and guys go out and seize those positions. I kind of feel that way with these wide receivers too. Who's going to be the guy. Obviously there's a lot of trust with Justin Watson, with this team, Sky Moore, a nice uh, game two for the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, still waiting on Richie James. Still waiting on Richie James uh, to be part of this offense. I thought he would be a bigger part of this offense to this point. Uh, but it just seems like Andy Reid's waiting for uh, things to kind of settle with his receivers. Is there someone that kind of stood out to you? Well, there's a lot of rotation so far, too. Have you noticed that? I yeah. mean, today, uh, today, very understandable because of the heat. I mean, I think you had to really kind of move guys around. But I thought even in the first game, it felt like, yeah, looking for scenarios, looking for situations, 
who fits what. I think there's still kind of a feeling out process there offensively. You're not going to be able to get everybody in the mix every week, or maybe they are. I don't know if that might be the offense in which they do, but I would think at some point they would kind of settle and you'd have a little more definitive hierarchy because right now uh, it doesn't look like there there is one, right? Like Justin Watson seems to be almost your most reliable. Um, you know, Kadarius Tony got back, I think, in the confidence book today, but there was a stretch where he – we didn't see him much um, in, in plays. Uh, Sky, I think, is a big – that's a big confidence catch for him to come up with a big scenario and find himself open and make a play. Got to talk to him after the game, and I kind of sensed that that was kind of a, a, a breath for him to say, okay, I can be in the mix and I can get my feet under me and, and let's go. And, and then, I mean, Kelsey didn't have his best game today and was very frustrated, and you know he's going to you know flip it really quick. So – um, it'll be fine offensively. I still think that they're just kind of going through some growing right now. And uh, the good news is that at the same time, the defense is playing pretty terrific. It's easy to say it is such a sports cliche, but really, I, mean, I feel like the Chiefs, the only team that can beat them are themselves uh, when they have those miscues. And, and kind of finally, Kling, what, what did you notice on the sidelines? I mean, how much frustration were the Chiefs showing? Maybe some of the fumbles, uh, a lot of the penalties. Um, it seems like they just realized, okay, this isn't Kansas City Chiefs football. They hit, they were, they haven't hit that standard that they've set for themselves. Yeah, I mean, I think it was pretty calm throughout, other than that little stretch as you'd mentioned, where uh, there were the procedure penalties, where Taylor had that rough stretch. That's the only time that it got a little bit testy. Uh, Mahomes really got after the offensive line during that stretch. Um, I, f- I felt like they were like, okay, enough of the enough of the holding calls. Let's go. Let's play the football. And so that was the only part of the game where I sensed any kind of frustration, and then. Maybe a little bit. Um, I thought there was like a, a time or two where I thought Chris Jones wanted to get in more, and I think that they were trying to trying to hold him to his, uh, you know, to his his pitch count at least in game number one. So no, I thought they were they were calm, cool, collected, no no major frustrations. But yeah, I don't think that they're satisfied at all, especially offensively right now. And the bottom line, cling before you hit that plane to come back. This is this was a big one, beating Jacksonville yeah. in Jacksonville. This is this is a team you're going to start uh, looking at seeding towards the end of the year, and they went down there and beat them for the eighth straight time. There's, there's something to that. Or maybe uh, maybe they don't run away with the division. Maybe we, maybe we yeah. buried Tennessee too early after today, yep. right? I don't, maybe. I don't know, but no, I, I'm with you. I think that this Jacksonville team's only going to get better through the season. I think they have a pretty favorable schedule uh, that will give them the opportunity to be towards the very top of the AFC. And so if it comes down to a tiebreaker scenario, the good news is that you have that head-to-head matchup in, in your hands. So that's always a plus. Great stuff, Josh Klingler. You hear him at uh, 5.58 in the morning with Bob Fesco and Fesco in the morning. He's also the chief sideline reporter that you were able to hear throughout the game with Mitch and Danon. Kling, have a safe trip back to Kansas City. We'll talk to you soon, my friend. Thank you, Bank. There we go, Josh Klingler. You can hear him in the morning at 5.58 in the morning. I mentioned that uh, Andy Reid has uh, tied uh, Tom Landry. The victory is uh, some of the Chiefs' notes after the game. Win number 270. Between postseason and regular season, combined win uh, as an NFL team head coach, team's victory move read into a tie with Pro Football Hall of Fame coach Tom Landry for fourth place for the most combined wins in NFL history. His next win, of course, sole position of fourth place. He's number two all-time in postseason wins. Um, most consecutive game scoring. Uh, the Chiefs, uh, move, well, they didn't move in anywhere. They were already in second. 166 straight games between 2012 and 23. The most consecutive game scoring, 179 between 63 and 76. So 
the Chiefs of that. The most combined regular and postseason, Andy Reid, as we mentioned, sits number four, um, tied with Tom Landry. George Hallis sits with 324, uh, 329 for Belichick, and 347 Don Chula. The Chiefs record books for most games with 300 yards passing in their career. Guess who? Mahomes, already number one between 2017 and 22. 42 games now, uh, 300 yards uh, passing. Uh, number two all-time, Trent Green with 24. As I mentioned, Mahomes with 42. So flip the 24 backwards. NFL leaders, most games 300 yards passing since 2017. Number one, Patrick Mahomes with 42. Number two, Tom Brady with 37. Number three, Matt Ryan with 35. Jared Goff, four with 31. And Kirk Cousins, number five with 30. So Mahomes starting to put a little separation they're the NFL record book for most touchdown passes for seven years in the NFL. Dan Marino in 103 games had 220. Peyton Manning in 112 games had 216. And tied at third with Russell Wilson, Patrick Mahomes, uh, third all-time through the uh, first seven years in the NFL in only 82 games. 82 games, Russell Wilson, 112 games. Uh, so 30 more games for Russell Wilson with 196 touchdown passes since then. So, uh, and uh, the 47 uh, quarterback, uh, pass receiver, career touchdown connections, Mahomes and Kelsey from 17 to 23, now 47 touchdowns. It was Lynn Dawson and Otis Taylor were second with 46, and it was Dawson and uh, Burford with 43 in third all-time, Mahomes and Tyree Kill, fourth all-time. Trent Green, Tony Gonzalez, fifth all-time. So there Mahomes sits uh, all alone with Travis Kelsey as far as that's concerned. Now the most quarterback tight end, uh, quarterback uh, touchdown connections in NFL history. Uh, Tom Brady and Gronk had 90. Uh, Phillip Rivers and Gates had 89. Drew Brees and Jimmy Graham, 51. Mahomes and Kelsey in just since 17 to 23 with 47. Again, Gronk was 2010 through 18 in 2020 and 21. So Mahomes and Kelsey climbing the charts as far as that's concerned. And Mahomes just keeps, keeps. And there's no, no question now he's a Hall of Famer. I mean, he's already, they have Andy Reid, Hall of Fame, Travis Kelsey, Hall of Fame, Patrick Mahomes, Hall of Fame. You look at this offense, there's three guaranteed Hall of Famers. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a no-brainer at this point. All the accolades that he's shattered at this point, not just franchise, but um, NFL. You know, when he was first coming up in the league, it felt like every other week Mahomes was breaking some kind of record for age 25 or age 26, 24, whatever it was. It seems like Mahomes was breaking some kind of record, but the the connection between Mahomes and Kelsey are top tier. And franchise has never seen anything like it, but uh, the sky's the limit. Uh, um, Sky Moore too. Maybe the sky limits up for it. <laughs> but but uh, well, there's a lot of puns today with yeah. Kelsey and uh, Taylor, Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift. Yeah, a lot of puns with that. Yeah. Was she uh, was she in Jacksonville today? Did she have a concert down there. I, I don't know. But there was a, there was a lot of puns. Even Ian Eagle had yeah. a lot of puns with that. Uh, is this something that uh, we're gonna get puns about? Tons of puns. I think so. I, I'm not a a big Swifty. I guess that's what they call him. Yeah. I, I I'm not. Don't want to make an assumption about you, Bink. But I don't, I don't, I was about to say, I don't picture you cruising down 435 or I-35 jamming to some uh, teardrops on my guitar or something like that. I can't even name songs. I mean, I know who it is, clearly. 
I, I say the same age, go for it, man. Shoot your shot. Yeah, go for it. Chiefs are superstars now, man. They're hosting Saturday Night Live. They're doing, the, you know, they're in the match. They're in commercials everywhere. Wasn't it Kelsey and one of the uh, commercials for uh, State Farm today? We've yeah, already I've, seen Andy Reid and a couple of them with the Nuggets, the Nuggies. Yeah, the Nuggies. Yeah, that that was a good one. Made my mom laugh a lot. Uh, she couldn't stop laughing about the Nuggies commercial. But, uh, yeah, it's it's undeniable what kind of tear that they're on. And, and the, like I said earlier, the sky's the limit with, with those two. Travis Kelsey hasn't taken a step back one bit. You know, it's only week two. He's not getting any younger, but as far as right now, it also he's, seems a little edgy, and I like that. He he does have a little chip on his shoulder. Like that it. hasn't that was like uh like what first three years, four years, Travis Kelsey, where he was he was he was mad. Well, they're lot. gonna get annoyed because people are doing a lot of talking. Obviously, when you're the best, you're gonna get talked about. You know, people run their mouths, run some smack, hit you those extra shots. You take the shots, and they want to beat that connection. They want to beat Travis Kelsey. The jealousy runs rampant in this league for what's going on with the Chiefs because they're not supposed to do this. You're not supposed to be good every year. You're supposed to take uh, time off like the Rams have since the Super Bowl win. Yeah, it's an anomaly. It's just consistent year after year after year. Chiefs are 12-4, and 13-3. and Well, what is it? Yeah, 17 now. So I, I, I think about old football a little too much, but uh, it's just consistent winning. It's everything that this city has wanted – hoped for, dreamed of, we're living in it right now. And I think as a Chiefs fan, there's no better time to be a Chiefs fan. It's uh, Your fandom has to be at a sky high right now it's just because of the product that Brett no, Beach keeps putting out every year. In 14 and 15, we're certainly fun with the Royals. In 13, the Royals weren't officially eliminated until the Chicago White Sox, the final series of the year. 14 and 15 brought a lot of hope, a lot, a lot of promise, a lot of excitement. People knew the uh, window was short-lived. It was a very short-lived window that was open, but this window from the Chiefs has been wide open. Their mark of consistency. And I think when the national media talks about the Chiefs and they're ready to pour dirt on them by winning, losing by just one point to the Lions, a playoff team, where they say, oh, the Chiefs dynasty over, because I kept hearing that ad nauseum. No, it's one game. Would you have acted the same way if this happened in October, November, December? Would you have acted the same way? Because they lost one game. They're going to lose games. That's going to happen. But nobody wants to play them. And this team knows where they're at. They know teams are gunning for them. Just like Herm Edwards said, what can the Chiefs do when teams are gunning? Well, they've been gunning for them. It hasn't mattered. They've, they've given the Chiefs everything. Remember when this offense was was supposedly slowed down? Two thousand Just Mahomes, since he's been starter. When they figured him out? Points per drive in 2022, number one, with 2.71. 2021, number one, 2.71. 2020, oh my gosh, they were fourth. 2019, number two. 2018, number one. That's points per drive. They're consistent. They get the football, and they score. And they haven't figured everything out on offense. It has been kind of a work in progress for the Kansas City Chiefs. We come back, though. We do it each and every week. Brought to you by Tullamore Dew, Irish Whiskey, Touchdown Kansas City, the voice of Mitch Holtis recapping this game. Hey, it's Creed Humphrey, and you're listening to the official broadcast partner of the Super Bowl champion Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. KCSB Kansas City, WDAFHD2 Liberty, always live on the free Odyssey app. You're listening to the Arrowhead Fried Post Game Show. Presented by Blue Cross and Blue Shield of Kansas City and Andy's Frozen Custard. Tune in Mondays at 7.30 for our weekly conversation with Derek Johnson on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. 
Kansas City, this is the voice of the Chiefs, Mitch Holtis. If you're looking for the best Chiefs coverage in Kansas City, look no further than 610 Sports Radio. It's the only station with exclusive access to Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid every week, player interviews, and the Chiefs Kingdom Show. Plus, tune in to hear me every Monday at 4 with CDOT and every Friday at 7.30 with Fesco in the morning. This is your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs. 610 Sports Radio. Jacksonville, a very steamy and hot Jacksonville, Florida, with a nice pool to watch the game. Do you think people actually sit there and watch the game, or do you think they're used to when the Jaguars sucked? Go out and hang out. Do you think they pee in that pool? Oh, for sure. Why wouldn't you? That's the way the team's played until recently. If you pay for your ticket, you can pee in the pool. I don't make the rules. What are the Giants doing actually coming back in this game? Because they were down 20 to nothing. By the way, the Commanders now up four points on the uh, Denver Broncos, 20 to 24. The Giants knotted up with the cards. How about that? Giants knotted up, and the 49ers now 10 points better than the uh, Los Angeles Rams. A lot of people talking uh, about the Rams and how good they can be, uh, as we uh, heard from uh, Pete Sweeney. Coming up now, though, we do it each and every week. We looked at uh, how the Chiefs scored and the Jags scored in this game through the voice of, well, 30-year voice, the Kansas City Chiefs, Mitch Holtis. It's time for Touchdown Kansas City. Slings it to McKinnon at the 40, to the 30, to the 20, to the 10, to the 5. Touchdown! Batman lost this stadium! A highlight-filled summary of the game with the voice of Chiefs Kingdom, Mitch Holtis. Touchdown! That's right, touchdown Kansas City with the voice of the Chiefs, Mitch Holtis. Brought to you by Tullamore Dew. When it's game time, it's totally time. Well, it was the Jags getting off first here against the Chiefs. Not a touchdown. It was the Jags, well, with something that uh, they were all too familiar with in this game. Brandon McManus in a field goal. This will be a field goal attempt of 32 yards for the former Bronco, Brandon McManus. And the Jaguars use the muff punt by Richie James to get on the board. 12.59 right there in the second quarter. First quarter was scoreless. 32-yard field goal. Just a four-play, three-yard drive. Taking a minute 52 off the clock as the Chiefs really shut down the uh, end zone on this one. But the Jags did go up three to nothing. But guess who would get on the scoreboard first? The guy that got his first touchdown in the Super Bowl. He gets one again today. 3-0 Jacksonville, Kansas City, first down and goal to go at the nine. Mahomes coming to the near side, pass is caught by Skymore, touchdown! Kansas City, Skymore, his first regular season touchdown of his career. Skymore, nine-yard touchdown pass there from Patrick Mahomes. Matter of fact, he had two nine-yard touchdown passes today. Harrison Butker's extra point good. That made the score 7-3 to three, Kansas City. That was seven plays, 50 yards. 3.37 off the clock. They come in with 27 seconds left in the second quarter. But the Jags would make things close going into the locker room after Brandon McManus' second time. 49-yard field goal attempt by Brandon McManus in his 18th game against Kansas City. 
18 of 22 in his career against the Chiefs, nine years. He had a 40 with the Broncos. He had a 45-yarder last week against Indianapolis. This will be from 49, near hash. Snap is down. McManus, one of the most steady kickers in this league, gets three points on the board for Jacksonville at the end of the half. Kansas City, seven. Jacksonville, six. At halftime, the Chiefs will have the ball to start the third quarter. So a nice slugfest going on Jacksonville through the first half. Brandon Manis, a 49-yard field goal there, his second of the game. Five plays, 44 yards, 27 seconds off the clock as they go on halftime, 7-6. to six. Chiefs did defer, took the ball first in the second half. But now it's time for the Tully touchdown of the game. Time to raise a glass with Tullamore Dew. When it's game time, it's Tully time. And guess who? The connection we've talked about ad nauseum the greatest connection in the National Football League, Mahomes to Travis Kelsey. 11.42 to go third quarter. Single back McKinnon in front of Mahomes this time. Snap back to Mahomes, rolls to his right side. Now throws it for Kelsey, wide open in the end zone. Touchdown, Kansas City. The 47th time that Patrick Mahomes has found Travis Kelsey in the sweet nectar of the end zone. That's an all-time Kansas City Chiefs record quarterback to a pass catcher. So there you go, a record for Mahomes and Kelsey already in Mahomes' young career. It's funny seeing those stats and stuff they have. Mahomes still 27 years old. He turned 28 today. Happy birthday, Patrick Mahomes. Today was his birthday. And he hadn't started on his birthday, I think, since what? One time at Texas Tech back in 16, he started the game on his birthday, so it doesn't happen very much, but that was a nine-yard touchdown catch. The second of the day for Mahomes from nine yards out. Harrison Buckner makes the extra point, 14 to six Chiefs. That's seven plays, 81 yards, taking 3.30 off the clock. That was the only scoring in the third quarter, 11.30 left in the third quarter on that. Well, Jacksonville would come back. Well, they couldn't get in the end zone. Try after try after try from Trevor Lawrence. Chiefs defense just suffocating. They had to settle for a 22-yard kick. And now they will run the field goal unit out on the field. It was first down and goal to go at the one after defensive pass interference on Justin Reed. And the Chiefs now might keep the lead, holding the Jaguars to a field goal. So you've got to hold your water and be careful here. The McManus short field goal is good. It's 14-9 Kansas City. But again, the Jags had first and goal at the one. First to go with the one, doesn't matter. 13.43 left in the fourth quarter. That's nine plays, 73-yard drive, taking 3.16 off the clock as McManus connected from 32. He connected from 49, and he connected from 22 yards out here. Tightening the score up to some extent, 14-9. Really didn't matter. You didn't really feel the stress of it because his defense was just that good. Harrison Butker would have the final points, his first field goal of the year. 38-yard attempt for Harrison Butker, the far hash. Right to left as we view it here in the first coast. Placement is down. Butker's spinning end over end kick is true. And the Chiefs get the three points back the Jags just got. Harrison Butker, one of the four guys remaining before Petra Mahomes took over quarterback. 38-yard field goal, 8-10 left in the fourth quarter. 13 plays, 55 yards on that drive. Five minutes, 33 seconds off the clock. Well, that is basically how we saw things through the uh, through the voice of Mitch Holtis. Man, it's good having that back, Isaac. I mean, it's just synonymous. Touchdown Kansas City with the Chiefs and Mitch Holtis. And it's always so good to hear that once again. 
feels all right in the world. When you hear when you hear Mitch, you know good weather's coming, the good times are coming. Yeah, Mitch's voice uh, is a soundtrack for a lot of people in this area. Yeah, I didn't mean Harrison Butker's first field first goal of this game is he had two against the Detroit Lions. Tommy Townsend, that Lions game actually had five punts, two hundred and forty seven yards in that game is but the Chiefs like that man. They'll get down the forty yard line and you don't have to worry about, you know, pressing forward, the offense scoring again. This team can actually rely on the defense to go out and get the job done. Like, they haven't been able to always do that with the Chiefs, but they were able to rely on the defense, getting the job done, play keep away, play field position, pin the Jacksonville Jaguars back and said, all right, go. Go, Trevor Lawrence. Get down this field. I know everybody's talking about Calvin Ridley, Trevor Lawrence connection. Calvin Ridley has just one year over 1,000 yards. That's it. It's not like this guy's perennial, you know, five street 1,000-yard seasons. Yeah, I, I mean, Calvin Ridley's good. He, he, you know, that first game that he had against the Colts looked phenomenal. Um, yeah, it was shut down pretty much. Uh, he had that one big catch, though. It was at the first or the second quarter he had that big catch. But other than that, they did a pretty good job. They, they did a him. great job on him. Yeah. Two catches, 32 yards uh, for Calvin Ridley. He was targeted eight times but comes up with just two catches in the game. Christian Kirk, their big free agent acquisition last year when everybody went haywire with the wide receiver contracts he had 11 catches 110 yards in this game evan ingram a very spry six catches for 57 yards for the kansas city chiefs sky Moore, three catches 70 yards of course one of those on a 54 yard reception justin watson three for 62 noah gray three for 38 Kadarius tony five for 35 of course had that fumble as well that they got uh that uh, jacksonville wasn't able to capitalize on uh, Kelsey, four for 26. McKinnon, three for 24, which was nice because he had one catch for 10 yards last week. He had over 500 yards receiving last year as the Chiefs really relying on throwing the ball. But again, to, out of the backfield, but again, they can do this. And Clyde, you know, got in there and got a few catches, two catches, 17 yards. Finally, you get that running game going. Pacheco with the 70 yards. Long of 31, though. 31 of those came on one yard. You're raising your hands up to the air, Isaac. It's the mark of a good team, man. At some point, put teams away, salt it, put the baby with the bathwater, and run the damn football and play defense, which is exactly, well, at 101 yards rushing in this game. I think people forget they were, what, 16th in the NFL in rushing last year? Something like that, yeah. Close to top 15. Rushing offense last year was 20, excuse me, 115.9 yards a game. So, yes, they did run the ball okay today, but 115.9 yards uh, altogether. For the Chiefs today. Uh, you and I looked at each other earlier. We were sitting in the studio watching this game. Both of our eyes about popped out of our head when we saw Pacheco take the ball on fourth and short, run it right up the gut, right behind Tooney Smith. And, it just and takes Humphrey. pressure off Mahomes, so great. It, it just was, takes pressure off of him. And when he broke off for that 31-yard run, too, it was just it was magical. If you get that run game going, Pacheco, pop. They call him pop for a reason. You gotta, once that's completely installed – you know, you can balance the offense a little bit more. Of course, you want to be a little more pass-heavy because you have the best quarterback in the league, but establishing the ground game, you hear it over and over by football people. Getting that ground game going just makes the rest of the offense better. And having Isaiah Pacheco back there healthy, you know, that shoulder injury was concerning during training camp, but he's back, he's healthy. Um, he's a beast, man. You want to give that, that guy the ball as much as you possibly can in different situations, but 12 for 70, um, and then that 31-yard rush was uh, incredible. Well, the Chiefs, 1,970 yards rushing last year, 4.7 per clip. 
Our phone number, 913-586-7610, if you want to talk about this defense, because it was the story of the game. Also, J Southland Toast Service text line, 913-586-7610. We'll take a timeout. We'll come back. We'll hear from you, and we'll wrap this bad boy up next. You're listening to the Arrowhead Pride Post Game Show, presented by Blue Cross and Blue Shield of Kansas City and Andy's Frozen Custard. Tune in Mondays at 310 for our weekly conversation with Patrick Mahomes on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Welcome back, Jay Binkley, Isaac Deer with you. We'll see Isaac uh, in the next road game. Including the one in Germany. We'll see you bright and early. Bright and early. I uh, what's what's that call time on that? Well, I do that uh, pregame stuff, the college football segment with uh, Art Haynes. It's usually what, a couple hours before the game. We're gonna be doing that bad boy by like six thirty in the morning, which is fine. Me, I love getting up early. Yeah. I, I love it. Yeah, I I I like the traffic when you're doing that too. You get out, you get oh. out early enough. Roads are wide open for you. I like the weekends. You got Friday night high school football. You get college football on Saturdays. It's Sunday NFL. We, we've had two complete weekends now. When you get everything, you get yeah. the college and the pro going. When you got them both. It's uh, only such a fun time. But the Chiefs defense puts me in a good mood uh, for the rest of this week. I like it because it means other parts of your game can be deficient until you figure them out. And they definitely have the people uh, to figure out different issues they have or different wide receivers stepping up for the Kansas City Chiefs, kind of putting pass behind them, fumbles, drop passes, you name it, and moving forward. But uh, love, absolutely love the way this defense is playing. I actually feel confident in them. I haven't felt that confidence in a long time. What about you? Let's go to Joel in Kansas City. What's up, Joel? Hey, uh, I just got a question I like to, a point I like to make. Man, Chris Jones is the best defensive tackle in the league. He had to skip the beat. He looks great. We got to just go on and pay the guy the money, man. He's better than Aaron Donald. He's better than Quinn Williams. We need that guy, man. Let's just pay him his money and keep him here. Thanks. Hey, you're welcome. Yeah, everybody likes Jones now, man. Last week, it wasn't a story. It wasn't a story, Isaac. People were down on him. You know, they said that we didn't need him because of Detroit, which Kelsey was more missing in that first game. But it's a long season. You're going to have your ebbs and flows. You're going to have games where you say, man, we, we miss Chris Jones in this game. But he does make a difference. That was a noticeable difference when he was on the football field. It's a guy that's – don't don't forget Aaron Donald when he won Defensive Player of the Year a couple times. He had holdouts as well where he missed training camp. I felt that Chris Jones passed Aaron Donald last year, and I did feel he became the best uh, defensive lineman in the NFL. But just his value on the inside or outside, he's become a thorn, man. He's become where is 95 lining up? Where is he? He's become the ultimate weapons that Spags has always been looking for. Yeah. And I, who else are you going to find out there that's even remotely close to him? Even the draft, your big draft guy, the upcoming draft. Uh, I just, if, if in terms of who's one of one right now, yeah, Aaron Donald's in a, a different stratosphere if you talk about his history in the league. But Chris Jones right now is, is, Arguably the number one defensive tackle in the league. But, yeah, he's vital for this defense. The defense played really good week one against a really good def- uh, Detroit offense. But uh, if you want to win another another Super Bowl, you know, this could be his last year here. If you want to win another Super Bowl, he's as important to anybody on this team. Well, they don't have the money to tag him. They could still get a long-term deal going out because that is 
of the current contract than 144% if you tag him three times because he has been tagged uh, before. So he's got that 120% increase if you tag him for the second time. It's one of those deals. And, you know, will they sign him going forward? Remember, he will be past 30 at that point. The Chiefs do have 30-year-olds on their roster. We went through everybody was over 30 years old last time. And you still get production from Kelsey, and he's over that 30-year mark. But typically, you don't have as many. I think they have, what, seven or eight guys on their 53-man roster over 30 years old. The Rams, by the way, just have two. Aaron Donald and uh, and Matt Stafford that are over 30 years old. But we'll, we'll, we'll talk about it again because probably you're going to have kind of the same offseason with Chris Jones, but he won't be under contract. And I doubt you tag him. So we'll be able to explore uh, the rest of the NFL and see what's there and see how much he wants to come back and be a chief. But one thing is for sure, having good players is you can never have enough good players. You just can't have enough. And I know you go out and you play well against a team, didn't get a win, but you played well against Detroit and think everything's great. But you saw the difference that a Chris Jones can make out there today. Let's go to Scott and Liberty. Scott, good evening. Hey, Bink. Uh, man, I enjoy listening to you guys. Uh, I haven't been able to listen to much of the broadcast today because of uh, baseball. But uh, um, I did want to just throw out a, a couple of uh, kadoos, as uh, Romeo Cornell would say. So Noah Gray, I thought he had the low-key play of the game on that. I was about third and 14 or something there right before the end of the first half. And the yards he, after catch. You know, yeah, he turned something into – or turned nothing into something. And I don't think if he, you know, doesn't get within three or – you know, two or three yards of the first down. I don't think Andy goes for it there, and you know, might have been a different complexion of the ball game. So I, I just wanted to give some uh, give some love to Noah Gray making a great play. And then the other thing is, you've kind of alluded to if I'm in the AFC, I'm not real happy to see that the Chiefs have a defense playing at this level because nope. you know the offense is going to figure things out. They're they're not going to turn the ball over three times and have you know, 12 penalties and, and have balls bounce off your receiver's hands for a gift pick six very often this year. So the, the Chiefs are just going to be another completely tough out, uh, especially with the way this defense looks like it could be. So thanks, fellas. Hey, thank you. Thanks for the call. And you don't want to see that. Like, you don't want to see – you don't want to see the Chiefs be good on defense. It's one thing to deal with their offense in Mahomes – in last year, teams were like, oh, you know, they lost Tyree Kill. Can't wait to play the Chiefs. And then what happened? You messed around and you found out, didn't you? They win a Super Bowl. Now you put a defense with the Chiefs. Oh, the Chiefs just find a way to mold into what they are, the personality of their team. Will they figure out the wide receiver stuff? Yeah, but having a good defense enables you to have the time to figure it out what you're doing offensively because you're de the defense – Hey, hats off to C. Spagnuolo and what he's done with this defense. Complete hats off to him. Yeah, I, it's it's just crazy when you think about the 2018 team that the Chiefs had and um, the the offsides penalty. Everybody knows what I'm talking about to where the Chiefs are now. They've developed fully after Bob Sutton left. It took a little bit. There were bumps and bruises in the road, um, but they developed the talent super well. You look at cornerback and – and linebacker, we haven't talked about the linebacker nearly enough. I don't think they are oh, beyond deep. dropped and gated. I mean, keep in mind it was well over a hundred degrees on that field. Yeah, and then you, but you think about uh, there was a big play that um, Leo Chanel made on that backwards pass. 
uh, where Trevor Lawrence went to the outside and he made a great heads up play, basically had eyes on the back of his head and turned around and made it a TFL. But yeah, the, the linebacker depth that they have with Tranquil and Chanel, uh backing up Gay and Bolton, uh, it's great. I think I thought Jerry Sneed had a really good game. I mean, his coverage was great. He was right there like glue. I thought he had one of his better games that you've seen, and he's been a good player. He had a great game. Uh, Nick Bolton led the way with eight tackles, five solo. With Jerry Sneed, seven tackles, one for tackle for loss, six solo. Justin Reed was six, and there was Drew Tranquil. Drew Tranquil fits in nicely with this defense. Five tackles, four of them solos. Your sacks went to George Karloftis, got a sack and a half. Chris Jones got credit for sack and a half even though I mean, he's close to getting just two. Felix, King Felix had half a sack, Mike Dana half a sack, and uh, we saw that early because of Chris Jones. So you look at Jones having a sack and a half, but how instrumental was he in the other sacks the, 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 the team got? Who else got stepped up? Because Karloftis got a half sack, and so did Mike Dana because of Chris Jones. So, again, it's not always the sack numbers like a Jones puts up. It's what the other guys have done as well. But the Kansas City Chiefs face the Chicago Bears uh, next week. We'll be here with you after the game, taking your calls and reactions. Huge thanks to Isaac Beard. Did a great job on his first post-game show uh, he's done today. Thanks to Pete Sweeney, uh, editor-in-chief, arrowheadpride.com, joined us, which he will each and every week. Also, big shout-out to Josh Klingler, who uh, joined us as well, the sideline reporter for the Kansas City Chiefs. They will join us each and every week. Once again, thanks again, Isaac. Hey, thanks for listening. Thanks for staying up with us. It's going to get later and later, people. It was have fun at night. That's what I'm talking about. We'll see you guys later. Good night. Listening to the Arrowhead Pride Post Game Show, presented by Blue Cross and Blue Shield of Kansas City and Andy's Frozen Custard. They're going to the 20, to the 10, to the 5, touchdown! Kansas City, a defensive score by Nick Bolton. On your official broadcast partner of the Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Gay Jr., 30 yard line, 20 yard line, 10 yard line, 5 yard line, touchdown! Kansas City! We now take you back to regularly scheduled programming.